Hello. I am very excited to announce that the audio course I've been working on for the last couple of months is finally available online at listenable.io. I'm going to put a link to it in the description and I'm going to paste the first lesson here for your listening pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into Abstract. This was just a side project I decided to take on in addition to the weekly Abstract interviews. So enjoy, and I'd love to get your feedback on the course. You know where to send your emails, abstractcast at gmail.com, and you can always reach me on Instagram at abstractcast. Thank you so much for your support here and everywhere. This is The Secret Life of Words. Caution. Side effects of enrolling in this course include, but are not limited to, a deep understanding of the structure, meaning, and mental representation of words. Becoming a more cooperative communicator. Experiencing an irreversible, life-altering paradigm shift in your perception and understanding of language. Recognizing, resolving, and circumventing ambiguity in all aspects of language use. Becoming the life of every party and social gathering you attend for the foreseeable future as you dispense your unparalleled insight into the secret life of words. I'm Jeremy Allman, previously a graduate researcher in psycholinguistics, and your guide to understanding language and its interaction with our brain. In this course, we're going to ask more questions than we even have answers to, and we're not sorry about it. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Okay, let's get started. You know tens of thousands of words, most of which you can locate in your mind in a fraction of a second. With such an immense number of words and incredible efficiency in finding them, we have reason to believe that these words must be carefully organized and not just stacked in random heaps. We call this organizational structure the mental lexicon, and it's truly the star of this course. It's natural to think of the mental lexicon as a mental dictionary, but I'd like to nip this misconception in the bud right away. Ordinary paper dictionaries that you can pick up and flip through are extremely rigid and limited in comparison with the mental lexicon. To liken the mental lexicon to a dictionary is to drastically oversimplify it. A dictionary's information is fixed, quickly becomes outdated, and each word is accompanied by a teensy-weensy amount of information comparatively. While the mental lexicon is still an elusive entity, we know it must be very large and it must be highly complex. We will be splitting our time in this course between discussions on the nature of the mental lexicon as well as the idiosyncrasies of everyday language use. A quick glance through the lesson titles should give you a good idea of what to expect. I'll start us off with a quick story about the single word that utterly transformed the way I see language. In the fall of 2019, I started a master's degree in psychology, researching in a psycholinguistics lab. Before settling on a research project, I was reading tons and tons of academic articles, all of which spoke to the wonderful world of words. In countless universities and research institutions all across the world, we're still trying to figure out how words and language are represented in the mind. We're going to get into that shortly, but for now, let's talk about how this all started. At least for me. A couple of months into my research, I came across a paper that explored a particular kind of word. These words, in general, can be referred to as complex. They're made up of multiple components, referred to moving forward as morphemes. 
Now, a morpheme is the smallest unit of meaning that we find in a given word. So to start you off with an example right away, if I take the word mountain, mountain is a single unit of meaning. It can't be broken up into smaller parts. There are no subcomponents of the word mountain that have their own individualized meaning. Whereas for a word like unhappy, unhappy has two components, the prefix un and the root of the word, happy. So we say that the prefix un modifies this root, happy, in some way such that the meaning of the word with the combination of its two parts is different than the two parts individually. So mountain versus unhappy. This is the simple versus complex distinction. So you would say that un and happy are each individual morphemes because they contain a unit of meaning. Un meaning not or the opposite of, and happy meaning, well, content. Now the paper that I was reading wasn't about the word mountain or about the word unhappy. It was about a word that was more complex. Mountain has one morpheme. Unhappy has two morphemes. But in this paper, we were talking about words with three morphemes. And we call these trimorphemic for that reason. Now, trimorphemic words are made up of three parts. Generally, a root, and then a couple of prefixes or suffixes, or one of each, flanking the word. These are words, for example, such as unlockable. Okay. Now, before I let you leave this course prematurely, the word unlockable quite literally changed the way that I understand and appreciate language today. I'll ask you a rhetorical question. Unfortunately, we can't set up much of a conversation here. However, I'll ask you this, and I'll give you a few seconds to think about it. What is the meaning of the word unlockable? Okay, I'm assuming that the meaning you came up with was something along the lines of able to be unlocked. If something is unlockable, I can unlock it, right? Congratulations. You just discovered the first of two meanings of the word unlockable. <laughs> now, the alternative interpretation for the meaning of the word unlockable is not able to be locked. So the single word unlockable has two meanings. It refers either to something that I can open or something that I cannot close. That baffles my mind to this day. Now, before you get the sense that I might have chosen unlockable specifically because it's an extremely unusual case, you should know that almost half of all words in the English language are complex in some way. So there are many, many more words than we think that are actually made up of multiple morphemes, and so may have multiple meanings and interpretations. This concept of ambiguity is something that will be pervasive throughout this course. So this was just a slight introduction that'll hopefully give you an idea of some of the things you can expect for the rest of the course. Namely, learning about the secret life of words, how they're represented in the mind, or so we believe at this point in time, and how we resolve ambiguities like the one that we just learned about in the case of unlockable. So in today's lesson, we learned about morphemes, the smallest unit of meaning of words, and the fact that more words than we think are made up of these smaller units. We spoke about roots as well, which contain the root meaning, literally, of the word. We discussed prefixes, suffixes. These are parts that attach to words and are themselves morphemes. We discussed the simple versus complex dichotomy and the nature of ambiguity as expressed in the dual meaning of unlockable. I want to thank you so much for joining me for lesson one of this course. In the next lesson, we'll lay the foundation for the rest of the course 
by introducing the fantastic field of linguistics before we dive deeper into the nature of the mental lexicon. I'll see you there.